Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, for the 100th time, this is a Four Center podcast feed, and I'm Ken Napsuck for the main show, the big show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet that has taken over the galaxy. This is Four Center 100. We are here, and I could not have done this without these two people. This is why this happened. I just said, I'll uh, put some Star Wars shows up if you guys want to play. And they've been with me since the beginning. It is Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. Happy to be 100 episodes old. It is, it's a number, but it's a big number, Jennifer. We're happy about it. 
I, it's incredible. I feel like, you know, those TV shows, they bring a, out a big cake with our faces on it. <laughs> Where's the cake? <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, unfortunately, I was not able to get the cake done in time. It is yeah. a force illusion, which is a legitimate force power. Ah, yeah. yes. Yeah, so this is, uh, Force Center is the main show, as we always say every week. It's not just a, uh, you know, liner note. It is uh, what this is, is where we gather together. But the Force Center podcast feed is made up of a lot of different shows and a lot of different uh, hot takes and deep dives and fun and games and hot killing dives. hot dives and killing our favorite characters. But this show began in the lead up to uh, The Force Awakens back in the fall of 2015. I had been doing Spotlight Star Wars on the Knapsack Files podcast feed following my departure from uh, Jedi Alliance. And it was, uh, you know, something I wanted to do. And I thought of two people that said, come come create this with me. And that's all my part was. They have done the rest. <laughs> they are, again, the the reason this is here. And Joseph, uh, who, who would have thought that Star Wars would be a popular thing to talk about? I know, I know. <laughs> I just got a friendly but also um, sarcastic message from a, a good friend back in Minneapolis who said, like, now, how's your Star Wars uh, podcast going? Is there still any interest in that franchise? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good time to talk Star Wars. We probably would have, if The Force Awakens just tanked, we probably would have kept doing this. Would have kept going. But it is nice for us that people are still real interested in Star Wars. Yeah, and this has grown. We've had uh, so many different things to discuss, Jennifer, and there's uh, this has been, it's so funny. 2015's not long ago. We're just a month into 2018, but it seems like a lifetime ago. It does. We've come so far as a, as a fandom, and I feel like we're, it's going to only get better. New Star Wars shows, Star Wars land, Maybe two movies a year. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, hotels everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man, that hotel hotel sounds great. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk uh, about uh, more about the one hundredth episode, but we're going to celebrate. And, and how do you celebrate the saga? Well, we we dive deep. That's what we do here. We get serious. But we also have a lot of crazy, silly fun. If you listen to some of our fights on Databank Brawl, you know how absolutely silly we can get. So we're going to be uh, each of us have prepared some segments that we don't know. We're not we're sharing them for the first time with each other here at the table, and therefore you guys. We're going to do that in a bit, but as always, we we love to talk news. Uh, we you know sometimes depending on recording schedules, the news comes to us fresh. It comes to us an hour after we finish recording, yeah. uh, or it comes to us uh, a little delayed. But we love to get together and give our take on the Star Wars landscape. And Jennifer, we've got some big juicy stories. Yes, we do. So first up, we have Star Wars Rebels. The new trailer is out, and it is clear that they are packing a ton into these last episodes. The trailer opens with a lot of flashbacks to the previous seasons. We also see Sabine with, I think, a green lightsaber, Ezra looking at a mural of the Mortis gods, and the trailer concludes with, dun, 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 <laughs> Ezra talking to the Emperor. Actor Ian McDermott will reprise his role as the evil overlord, and the final installment of Rebels will air on February 19th and conclude on March 5th. I but will admit, I did not know much of what was going on because I have not been keeping up with the show. But what did you guys think? Oh, I thought of Joseph first, so I want you to lead <laughs> off this conversation. Uh, I was thrilled and validated. Yeah? Uh, yeah, because I, I, I was uh, really, really hoping that the rumors were that Ian McDermott were gonna come, was going to come back. And at one point, I think Dave Filoni just said, nah. And I was like, I think he's just lying to us. I think he's just doing his Emperor Palpatine impression and yeah. just lying. Because I didn't really think that they're doing a bunch of Palpatine voiceover for, like, uh, Galaxy's Edge. Which is like, you are not going on this ride. Uh, so I was so... 
so thrilled about Ian McDermott, but I've been on about Mortis for a long time mm-hmm. that that might be how they handle uh, Ezra's arc. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. I'll get to it in a minute because I want to hear your reactions. But now I have a, a, a different Mortis theory. Ooh. Oh, oh, interesting. Uh, so as far as Palpatine, I had heard several times that Galaxy's Edge is where his voice is going. <laughs> and, and maybe it is, too. And maybe it is, too. But you're absolutely right. Dave Filoni, you scoundrel, he, he just straight out lied. And you yeah. know what? He should. It's great. That's what I want. <laughs> so I want to be surprised. To be yeah. <laughs> so, so what did you think, Ken? Were you excited loved, overall? Loved it. Loved it. And look, hey, Whitworth does a good Palpatine without a doubt. But anytime you get McDermott to do it, even, even Sam Whitworth would agree. Let the emperor be the emperor here. So I am fascinated because of the time in which he finally shows up in the story. How does that relate to the bigger picture in Ezra? This isn't just like season two emperor showing up going, you know. Yeah, go get him. Yeah, you know, this I need is, to stretch my legs, and Vader didn't kill him, so I'll go right, kill him. Right, right, right. Yeah, little Jedi. Yeah. This this carries some weight, so I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I rewatched the Mortis arc recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in Jennifer, have you ever watched the Mortis arc on the Clone Wars? I have. Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah, so I need to rewatch it. Yeah, I need yeah. to rewatch it yeah. again. So the, there's a lot of great stuff in there that people have been tweeting. There is some like uh, good thematic connections to the Last Jedi, even. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that big thing is that there's the father who keeps the balance, there's the son who's uh, the dark side, and there's the daughter who's the light side. There are these theories that the uh, Conver, Convor, mm-hmm. the Force Owl, which is yeah. really directly in the trailer, is the daughter because it has the same coloring. At right. one point in the Mortis mm-hmm. series, uh, they say we can take on whatever form we need. Mm. She actually does just turn into a big bird yeah. a couple times, an actual bird. Uh, so I'm really into that. Yeah, I think that the Convor Force Owl thing is the daughter, and then people have made it connections to Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the big thing is Obi-Wan says a couple times in that Mortis arc of, you didn't just bring Anakin the Chosen One, because you're all about balance, woo-woo-woo, is he the yeah. Chosen One? You bought all three of us. Mm. And Obi-Wan keeps poking at that. Yeah. So now I'm kind of thinking that maybe this is the fate of all of our Force users and Rebels mm. that we can't let go of. Yeah. That they are all going to go to either Mortis or some Mortis-like realm or some Mortis-like place. It's maybe, you know, what Lothal is ultimately or something. Who knows with that. But it does kind of match that Kanan is the father, mm-hmm. Ahsoka is the daughter, and Ezra is the son. Oh, my goodness. Right. It matches up in a good way that Obi-Wan was the father, Ahsoka was the daughter before Anakin was the son. It tracks yeah. for, like, the characters and all of their relationships in, in sort of all of those models. Just on, on a base level, do you think that then Kanan, Ahsoka, and Ezra replace what we knew as the father, son, and daughter? Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, Just maybe. on a simple... I mean, I'm breaking it down as simple as it can be because I'm sure there's other yeah. th- thoughts behind it. But it might then the rest of Star Wars. We can imagine that during Last Jedi, they're still on Mortis. Kanan's going, yeah. oh, that long, young Skywalker, mm. he's doing good, <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to keep some kind of balance. You know, I, I have no idea exactly what message or idea of the Force it might be, mm-hmm. but I could really see it being a story of there's uh, some power in Lothal mm-hmm. that. Palpatine wants, yeah. and that the three of them sort of sacrifice themselves to this sort of otherworldly mm. existence to maintain and protect that power and keep some amount of balance. Right. Ooh, Ooh I like that. That's yeah. good. That's deep. Yeah, I, I, every trailer of Rebels is really good. I mean, Jennifer, I know you don't catch up with the Rebels, mm. but every time you see it, you're probably like, oh, what am I missing? Yeah, <laughs> and every time I'm like, I'm DVRing it, and this time I really did. So, but yeah, I mean, there were so many great moments where I was like, gosh, I wish I knew what this meant. It seems very important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the great thing is, is you can go on and on. Uh, like I just demonstrated about how it relates to the Mortis arc, but Filoni has always also been really 
made sure that you can just watch Rebels. Exactly. And nothing else. So mm-hmm. I think whatever they do with Mortis will also be totally fine if it's the first time anybody's seen it. Mm. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. And and yeah, this is, we always would joke, it's Filoni's reclamation project yep. with Clone Wars. And mm-hmm. this this makes sense. And, and, it's, and it's exciting to have it tie in. And I think sometimes that's, um, we've discussed it here and I've discussed it other places of, you know, the, the movies, the new movies don't necessarily tie into this extended canon as much as other people would like. There's nods and here and there, but this is... This is direct connection and continuation of stories, and it carries yeah. a carries a weight. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thrilled to see it. Yeah, love it. Well, hello. What have we here? <laughs> we finally have the official synopsis of Solo, a Star Wars story. Here's what was posted on StarWars.com. Board the Millennium Falcon and journey to a galaxy far, far away in Solo, a Star Wars story. An all-new adventure with the most beloved scoundrel in the galaxy. Through a series of daring escapades deep within a dark and dangerous criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his mighty future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters a notorious gambler Lando Calrissian in a journey that will set the course of one of the Star Wars saga's most unlikely heroes. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you did read that great. <laughs> so, Was that a little sarcasm at the end there? No, I, I just did it like in a Disney way. You know how they do it oh, in yeah. Tomorrowland? Yes. Unlikely heroes. Unlikely heroes. So I feel like there was mm. nothing new in this synopsis, yeah. except for the fact that the criminal underworld, I felt like they were hammering that home. Does this synopsis make you guys excited or worried for Solo? I mean, I'm going to defer here in a second to the man who just recorded a great Star Wars counseling on mm-hmm. getting hyped up for Solo. I listened to it at work while I was putting it together. I mean, uh, on my free time. Um, <laughs> and I, I for, the, for the first time in a while, found myself, maybe since Chewbacca, Mom, really cynical about something in Star Wars. Where I just really? went, well, of course. Mm. All of this. Now, I wouldn't expect anything yeah. else. I wouldn't want anything else. It does confirm the criminal underworld at least locks that in. Mm-hmm. But I went, yeah, yeah, these are all the things. You just show me something. Right. Um, I'm, make, I'm making me a step towards the dark side, Joseph. Okay. But overall, okay. this is good. Yeah, And yeah. the promotion train has left the station. Yeah, you be the son, I'll be the daughter. Yes. Keep my mortis <laughs> analogy going. No, I think, I think this is just a great example of the truth of the Star Wars theme of everything changes uh, from your point of view. There's nothing to parse here. Mm-hmm. It's just they are telling you there's very little to parse here that mm-hmm. that here's exactly what we're going to give you. And you right. either see that as a bug or a feature. Uh, you either right. see that is that sounds like more of the same or you sound like or it sounds like, yes, yay, that sounds like more of exactly that. I want that. Uh, and I think that's really what it comes down to. The criminal underworld, I think, is one of the biggest things uh, to me because mm-hmm. there's been so many rumors about how much of uh, the Imperial presence there's going to be, saying that that's going right. to be his world. The other thing that really excited me is there is this small realm of possibility, since this is Solo's origin story, that the first half of the movie could be his mean criminal Woody Harrelson uh, adopted father figure mm. being mean to a sensitive teen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's the possibility of that. And I, just the way the synopsis is written excites me mm. because it says... We're just get on the Falcon and go. We're gonna have adventures. He's gonna meet Chewie, like probably in the first act. Then he'll meet Lando. Don't worry, it's gonna be an action adventure excitement summertime movie, not sad teenage Han Solo mm. for half the film. Right. And and that excites me, and I think that's what we're gonna get. I think you're absolutely right. It it just 
kind of say, get on the ship and we're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I've heard some thought uh, talk about the script itself. John Kasdan and, and Lawrence Kasdan, his father, worked on it, that it is, quote, one of the best Star Wars scripts ever. Wow. And that it is adventure and that it is this and that. A lot just riding on uh, good old uh, Alden Ehrenreich being Han Solo, which which uh, that's a different conversation. Another time when that trailer finally comes out. <laughs> yes. But so as far as this, it does get me excited that it's finally happening. Um, I need, I don't need counseling. I don't need counseling. I just, yeah. I, I, I think I was just a little bit of just get on with it. But I think you're right, Joseph. It really does say what the movie is. A, a, a thrill ride. A thrill ride. A thrill ride. Criminal Jennifer. Underworld. Yeah. <laughs> Lando's going to have a cape. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. I accept that. Yeah. Well, let's journey back. To The Last Jedi. Director Ryan Johnson recently shared why the Knights of Ren did not make an appearance in Episode 8. He told the Empire podcast that, quote, there literally was just not enough room for another element in the movie. He said that at one point he considered having them as Snoke's guards, but that he felt like it would be wasting them because they all had to die. So the Knights of Ren were obviously J.J. Abrams' idea. My question is, will they finally get their big moment in Episode 9? Will we be disappointed if they don't? And they appear elsewhere, books, yeah. comics. I am more on the train that we might not ever see them. Ooh. Mm. And I would be somewhat disappointed, but not completely disappointed because I almost don't know if they belong in this story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I think that the isolation of Kylo Ren became really, really important in The Last Jedi. So if they do show up, I feel like in order to continue his arc, they do have to be a little bit of like not any sort of emotional rock for him, mm-hmm. you know. And now they really have that pivot question of do they represent the past? Are they a bunch of Vader fanboys or do they represent something new that Kylo himself created? Right. Right. And like, I don't know what you think, Jennifer, when Snoke in Force Awakens is like, even you, the master of the Knights of Ren, is it supportive or is it taunting, you know? Yeah. Oh, Snoke's right. like, oh, you created your little team of super villains. <laughs> right. That's you. cute. Yes, the most important member of the little rascal. <laughs> yeah. Even you. Uh, did, did, how did you take it, Jennifer? Yeah, that that is kind of how I, I took it, especially because when we saw them, it reminded me, as I've always said, of like this dance crew showing up to do a dance <laughs> battle in the rain. Um, Just... <laughs> Surfing people all across the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm fascinated because like the concept art, I was looking at the concept art of the Knights of Ren, and it's just, it's amazing how much detail that went into this and the fact that we may never see them again. What a, what a process it is creatively yeah. to create these characters, you know? I'll go out on a limb. I think we are going to see them in, mm-hmm. in episode nine. Mm-hmm. You know, I think JJ created them. I think maybe they'll get some buildup in, uh, you know, the journey to episode nine type mm-hmm. books. So we're, we're prepared for uh, who and what they are. Mm, yeah. So that question it. is already answered for hardcore fans. Um, and I just kind of feel like functionally one great thing could be like maybe they are off in The Last Jedi fighting whatever uh, bits of the Resistance are out doing other missions. We know that Shriv from mm-hmm. Battlefront 2 is doing some other mission. Right. Uh, we know that Snap is off doing some mission, so maybe the Knights of Ren are off during Last Jedi, and we can yeah. get that story there. Like, I, I love Ryan's explanation, I, and, and that's the thing I keep yes. saying. You might not like a lot of what he came up with, but the guy understood why he did it, and sometimes it's all you want, right? You, It's, it's like Alistair Thorne in Game of Thrones. I fought... I died. I made a choice. I lived by it. All right. And every time I hear Ryan Johnson explain stuff, I'm like, yeah, that works. Now, I I wanted Maz Kanata in the film. I didn't necessarily like how they used her. The the, the video game kind of aspect of her jumping around wasn't my favorite. 
but I like Maz. But if Lando was there, that would have made some sort of sense to me, but I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and to hear Ryan Johnson explain, I thought about putting Lando in Canto Bite, seemed to cheapen the appearance. I thought about this, I didn't do that. Now it comes to this. I thought about the Knights of Ren, but if they're the Praetorian Guards and he kills them all and you have no connection to them and that's it, that's kind of wasting something cool, right? Yeah. And I keep going back to that kind of stuff. And what you're saying is right, Joseph, I don't want them to influence Kylo, but if it's his if it's his gang of little rascals and now he's got control and they spend between eight and nine uh, that time going out fighting the galaxy and taking things over for their buddy Kylo. Yeah. Then yeah, I think they belong in the story then. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this great uh, to me dangling question of are they force users mm-hmm. or not? Yeah. Are they a bunch of just people in dance crew armor where Kylo came up with his <laughs> cool armor and like, <laughs> yeah. and now I'm gonna get a bunch of thugs to dress like me yeah. and obey me. Or are they the members of Luke's Jedi training uh. that that Kylo didn't slaughter because that line pops out like mad to me in The Last Jedi. Oh, it's a highlighted sentence for sure. Yeah, Yeah. 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 definitely. I I do. I am curious about them. I would love to see them back and learn more about their story Mm -hmm. in some way. Yeah. Um, So Ryan Johnson has actually been dealing with a lot of negativity and criticism from fans uh, over his movie, The Last Jedi. One of the biggest criticisms some fans have is when, spoiler alert, Luke Skywalker fools Kylo Ren by projecting an image of himself across the galaxy. These fans say Ryan made up this Force ability specifically for plot convenience purposes. Well, Ryan schooled all the haters with an awesome thread on Twitter. In a series of photos, he showed that he owned the book, The Jedi Path. He then showed a passage from the book titled, quote, Advanced force techniques that show the exact force ability Luke used in the film. In the book, it's called Doppelganger or Similar Futurus. Uh, Expelliarmus. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I I thought it was the greatest clapback. Some critics still were not happy with his explanation, citing that the force ability isn't set up well in the film, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) The book is no longer canon. Yeah, Yeah, right, exactly. I admire Ryan Johnson's patience, but at this point... Is this just kind of like a lost cause? And we, I mean, it's just like yes. nothing is going to appease. This this thread, which was told great in some picture, like no words, just yeah. pictures. It was <laughs> filmmaking on Twitter. Yeah, it was it visual. Really was. Yeah. And using the Homer Simpson, Homer Simpson meme at the end of it. Um, yeah, because that was one of the complaints, right? I heard yeah. it. I, there's people in my office at work. Uh, there was force abilities in this movie not uh, not set before this movie. Huh? Palpatine uses Force Lightning in 1983. We all go cool. So throw it out right there. But then for him to do this, because I've I've been to Barnes & Noble, and I've seen those books on the shelf that I love the director of this movie has those books, by the way. Um, But he pulls it out, and and there's something there. Yeah. This has been talked about before. So stop it. Yeah. I think there are two things that I loved about this. A, that everybody... uh, reacted to it mostly by studying what other books were on his bookshelf. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I really love that the making of Empire Strikes Back was on the bookshelf <laughs> of the guy who made the second part of the yeah. sequel trilogy. Like, mm-hmm. uh, And then I just think what is really interesting about this, because he's been doing a minor tweets back and forth mm-hmm. to fans where he is every once in a while stepping in and going, okay, but I really meant this or I really did this or I right. didn't think that anyone would ever think about it this way, and then almost every instant going like, I just don't know how to do this. I don't know if I should have said that. I, you know, I apologize mm-hmm. if I jumped in. So to me, more than anything, is this just such a picture of someone who is a fan? Yeah. And that maybe uh, if anything is irking him, it's just sort of like, I thought this was cool. I right. made this was cool. I am not slapping you down. 
I am right. not. It's it's the villain who says kill the past. Yeah, that's right. not the message of the movie. Yeah, right. it, I care about these things. I thought about these things. I own these books that are like kind of little YA books. They yeah. have yeah. like little thoughts from Qui Gon written in the corner. <laughs> They're like little, you yeah. know. He, I think just the, it's just such a picture of a fan. Yeah, who made a movie out of utter love, and then also just doesn't know what to do. Of like, normally I would be waiting in because I'm a fan. Yeah, but I made the movie. I mean, and I still wait in as a fan? Yeah. yeah. And I took some time to make this movie. Yeah. I took some, again, you may not connect with some of the big themes. You may not like where he went, and I think that's fair. I just do not think yeah. it's fair of these, uh, he took JJ's stuff and threw it out. He tried an F you to the fan. Like, dude, that's where the internet loses its power, and it's and, uh, and, and, and unfortunately goes to dark areas. And Ryan, I think he finally had to shut down Instagram comments. He and did. All that. Yeah. yeah. He's done his, he's taken his fair share of lumps and has said that this is part of his job. But then he keeps having, he keeps providing answers. Going back to the Knights of Ren. Again, you may not like that they're not innate, but he provided an answer, and there's thought that went into this stuff. And this book, again, we talk about it, Barnes and Noble. This has been this book's been out for years. These years. two books, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he had it at some point, probably thumbed through it, yeah. And also to just yeah. shout out again, like you are doing, Ken, to people who just who are not jerks about it, but legitimately have yeah. don't enjoy the film for whatever reason. Yeah. Ryan Johnson's being great about that. There was a thread where he just asked people, like, I I really don't understand the criticism of Leia. Why is it? That yeah. people don't like her using the force, and a bunch of people answered him, and he's like, "Oh, okay, weird. <laughs> Thanks." Yeah, <laughs> so like he's being cool. Yeah, yeah, he is. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. hey, I still still trust in Ryan, man. Looking forward to what yeah. he's got going on with the new trilogy. Oh, Me so exciting. Too. Yeah. So that's that's it. But I, who knows what might happen between yeah. now and yeah, like a day and a half from exactly. now when we release this. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. So we're gonna get into our main topics. But guys out there listening, we I want you to know that we are Star Wars fans to the core. We don't just do this. We're not, I have a Y wing T shirt on, and no one can see me. <laughs> and during the week, uh, we often like to catch up too. And I, I forgot to do. Up top, we, we have a little Star Wars adventure. Star Wars is in our life. I was playing Battlefront 2 today when Joseph walked up. All right, uh, Jennifer, when the cameras aren't rolling, still makes porgs. All right, <laughs> and then Joseph, you actually, some we haven't discussed on this channel before. The Last Jedi in 3D. Yeah, yeah. I try to always go to Grauman's uh, Chinese Theater. It's now TCL Chinese Theater. But Grauman's, it's the mm-hmm. historic Star Wars theater, the one that you always see in history books of how A New Hope, Star Wars at the time, blew up and lines right. around the block. Uh, so that's always a, a great treat. And then they have, the, like, the laser IMAX 3D, like, the really good yeah. 3D. Like, my wife laughed because they have the uh, little thing right before the movie where it's counting down the numbers in the numbers are coming flying at you, <laughs> and then it's bright. It's like, you know, visuals that will blow your mind. And then it's that earth-shattering sound. And my wife laughed, and then afterwards we're both like, you shouldn't say that in California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Earth-shattering yeah. is not a good thing in California. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was just great to see yeah. it in 3D because uh, that 3D is so high quality, and there are so many details I could pick out. Like, the backgrounds popped. Really? So, like, I saw my dumb little droid I love, 2BB2, the blue. Blue one? The blue one. I saw him, like, three more times. Oh, than you had previously yeah. seen. Oh. And I was able to pick out uh, aliens in Canto Bight that I've, like, scanned all of my other viewings to try to see. And, like, now I've read the Visual Dictionary and the Canto Bight book, so I've been able to see them a little bit. But I just noticed all these great details. Snoke's ring yeah. uh, that has the rock from Mustafar. Right. Like, that literally popped. Mm. It's there. Where, like, I could really physically, so I could mm. just see so much. So I think it, that was the last showing. In 3D at Grauman's. Okay. Uh, but if you're in any place where it's still showing in 3D, and 
IMAX 3D, I think. Okay. Uh, it's really worth seeing because all of these great details pop out. I just mm. forgot to go see it in 3D. I like to see, you know, Rogue One Force Awakens. I saw them all at least once yeah. in 3D. It's not the best format for me, uh, you know, in terms of not being nauseous at the end of the viewing. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, a lot of people suffer from that. But I know the technology is getting better and yeah. that's less and less of a problem concern. And I just plumb forgot to go try to track it down. I almost did too. And then when I realized we almost weren't going to go, I was just like, no, we must. Yeah. Uh, we have to. Uh, the Ray that, that's in the audio mix that some yeah. people talk to us about on Twitter mm. uh, is really audible in any sort of uh, more surround sound. Oh, is that the one in, in the cave? Yeah. yeah. So have you heard oh, about this, Jennifer? No, no, no. I have not. So right when she gets into the cave, if you're in a great surround sound theater, you hear someone say Ray, like over your shoulder. It's a woman's voice. Mm-hmm. It's not really distinct. Like it's not like, oh, it's Leia. It's Padme. You can't really. It's just. I think I remember that. But what, so what have people been speculating? Well, it's just that I didn't. I never heard it ah. in any of the the normal showings, but in this like earth shattering sound, yeah. and it really, uh, I believe it's right when Ray turns, mm. and it's a real. Yeah. It's one of those rare moments for me that's really effective. Mm. Like I had the total. Why did someone behind me just shout Ray? That's rude. I'm watching him. Oh, it's in the movie. <laughs> it's in yeah, the movie. I didn't. I didn't hear it till my last uh, six viewing. I hadn't heard it. Oh, and wow. some reason it, it popped out. Yeah. Yeah. Is really, really good. Uh, yeah. And just seeing it again with a little bit of time to reflect. Because I saw yeah. all my, in the opening weekend, there are a lot of things that just really pop for me story-wise. Um, like that, that weird look that Luke gives toward the sun right after he collapses after yeah, yeah. The, mm. the illusion. And there's like some sort of speck in the sun. Yes. Uh, yes. That is distracting. Yes. And the speck wasn't as prominent in 3D. And it suddenly popped to me that Luke was, and maybe other people have thought this already, and they're like, mm. scrimshaw, you idiot. But <laughs> Luke seems to have this realization, and then it feels like he is l- reaching out very much on purpose to Leia and Ray. Mm. And like that look of, oh, no, I need to do something, yeah. is I need to let Leia and Ray know mm-hmm. I need to establish this connection so they don't come looking for me. Right. So they know that this is purpose and peace. Right. Mm. That it's okay. Yeah. It's like a final message. Wow, yeah. Huh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, my sixth viewing was a little bit after the fifth, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, And that's been the lesson <laughs> of our day. And, and you do. It's like I I just kind of sat there smiling throughout out, yeah. throughout the movie, like confirming I really do love this thing. And I really do love so much of what's going on, connect with it so much. And, uh, yeah, a little bit of time is, is, is good, right? Yeah. Take yeah. it in again, Jennifer, you know? Yeah, I know. I want to take it in again. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's done, right? Is it done? I, don't, I think there's still 2D showings. 2D. Yeah. Okay. The, the, I think the big 3D, this is the main event, is just starting to clear out for, like, Black Panther and other movies coming right. out. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Last Jedi. And then in just a few weeks, the Blu-ray will be <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, remember? Remember our youth, you had to wait like two years and you get that clamshell VHS yes. copy, $80 on street value. Will oh. the Blu-ray be out before the solo trailer? <laughs> before the, the burning solo. Star Wars question. It's <laughs> quite possible. Yeah. All right, guys, as we said up top, this is our 100th episode of Force Center. So we thought we want to do something special. How do you celebrate the saga? And uh, we decided to have some fun and games and a mix of fun and fate is what we're calling it. And Joseph, it's time for you. To lead off. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like what we do the most, like you were saying, Ken, at the top, is uh, super bizarre stuff and sometimes like uh, digging deeper, serious stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So we each have a segment that's serious and we each have a segment that is uh, silly. Uh, so I'm going to start with my serious segment, which just, this is off the deep end into serious right away. <laughs> so I uh, have been thinking a lot about uh, what we talk about on the podcast of 
what are the themes, what are the ideas, what are the lessons of various Star Wars movies and TV shows and video games? And then it's cool to just go, oh, that, that's a message of hope. But mm. what does that actually mean for our lives? Mm. Right. Like, how do you actually apply it? Uh, and The Last Jedi, one of the big themes I love is this idea of forgiving yourself so you can move forward, mm. admitting a weakness, admitting a mistake, and deciding to move forward. And I've been thinking about that theme a lot. And then I was like, hey, Mm. That's a fun, super serious segment. <laughs> I'm going to ask my friends, what actual life thing? If you're like, I'm going to get up today and mm-hmm. I'm going to be like Luke Skywalker. I'm going to learn my lesson. What would you, what is something in your life you would forgive yourself for specifically so you can move forward? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah this I, is I just, told you we're going off the deep end right away. This is just water here. I know. It's go, early no, in the no. afternoon. Um, I, I, for me, it is continuing to perhaps sell myself short in a lot of ways. Okay. Uh, What what is seen publicly and through humor and stuff on schmoes or colliders, self-effacing, you know, uh, taking myself down a notch, that will always remain. That's just my natural instinct. Uh, But for years, just kind of not not uh, not forgiving myself for not taking chances not taking risks mm-hmm. for when i was in radio not taking it as serious as i could have uh for coming to la and not putting all my efforts into stand up as i thought i should have uh, uh, a lot of those type of things that i started to correct and at about age 35 which would be about 6 years ago now it was like i have to forget that forgive it move forward and be who I'm born to be, right? Or who you feel. Uh, you, we all have skills. It might be big, you, racing a car might be your skill, but yeah. what can that bring to your life? Uh, cooking, and you might be a chef. Uh, that That is your skill. Might I think at, at times is blabbing into microphones, but it's like, <laughs> what is that skill? And I think I look at, at, at Star Wars and I look, it is very much about, you look at Ray, you look at Luke. On Tatooine, you look at Ray on Jakku, and it's like this sense of destiny and purpose. You have to decide to get to that. You could turn away from it. Yeah. And if you kind of miss those opportunities, uh, Luke, in the end, why I connect a lot with Luke, Last Jedi is Luke has to forgive himself for maybe turning away from some things. Yeah, He could have been the one to chase after Kylo and stop this thing. He could have been the one to chase after Snoke, and he didn't do it. And I think perhaps he beat up himself, and I think it took Yoda to kick him in the butt and forgive some of that stuff. So I look at my my life. Uh, we all make choices and you all can be either a, light, uh, a proud Jedi front and center, or you can live in a hut mm. and hide out. I don't know if that, that answers it completely, but that's where I go to with yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. I like that. Said. Jennifer, how about you? Yeah, I think, I think that the, the toughest thing for me is obviously being a perfectionist. And part of that comes from being afraid of, of failing, which is what I loved about The Last Jedi, because it was about being able to forgive yourself if not necessarily, I mean, well, I guess, yeah, he failed. He failed yeah. Kylo Ren. Um, but, but being able to move past that and recognizing just because, you know, you have this amazing talent or ability doesn't mean that you're Everything's going to be perfect all the time. Yeah. And therefore, you should not stop yourself from continuing because you might continue to fail, but you, ha- but you have to... Um, it's better to be out there in the world failing rather than being, you know, living, well, you know, on this planet with fish nuns and, yeah. you know, <laughs> drinking green milk. And so for me personally, I think it's something fish that, nuns. <laughs> that I have to do as well is, is allowing myself to, you know, to, to 
create content, to put things out there, to not be afraid if, if it's not totally perfect, as opposed to like working on something for like six months and then finally like giving birth to it. It's like, mm. oh, that's just a terrible way to live. <laughs> so me, yeah, me uh, recognizing that uh, I am very similar to Luke Skywalker. Yeah. yeah. Is that, since The Last Jedi has come out, has that helped you? Like, I mean, I know from working with you, even sometimes like a video that you're working on, you'll, you'll make sure that it is, mm-hmm. Ha, mm-hmm. is it helping you to just imagine Yoda and Luke chilling and looking at that tree burn going, mistakes are okay. Yeah. Is it helping you just hit publish faster? Um, yeah, it's actually funny enough because it's the thing I've been working on in my own life. Mm. Of It just kind of coincided. So when I saw The Last Jedi, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really what I see need to see right now. Because for me, I really gravitated towards Yoda, do or do not, an empire, that whole speech. Yeah. And that's easier said than done sometimes. Like, yeah, I would love to to do, but what if I'm what if I'm afraid? What if mm-hmm. I can't get past that hurdle? And here Yoda is again in The Last Jedi. Failure is the greatest teacher. Thank you, Yoda. Thank you for telling me what I need to hear at this age. Yeah. Being a mom, being mm-hmm. a creator. Um, that's what I love about Star Wars. Is in essence, is kind of like growing with us. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, but it's also a wonderful lesson for young people as well that I can instill in my daughter. So mm-hmm. it's it's playing on these multiple levels. It's yeah. really exciting. Well, that's great. That's great. Uh, I think for me, it's a little bit similar to some of your stuff, Ken, mm-hmm. but I think in particular the whole Horizon thing really spoke to me mm-hmm. because, you know, I always liked that scene. And I saw Yoda's do or do not and all of his very, like, be in the moment, you know, don't be craving adventure, don't be craving these things, just... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much that Yoda asked of Luke and the Jedi of old asked for Jedi to not be human. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so beautiful and cathartic about Last Jedi to me, where Yoda's a little bit like, like mea culpa. It's okay to be human. You're going to make mistakes. Right. And like, Luke, you just really do like staring into the sun and thinking about the future. <laughs> right. you can't, and to me, that also spoke to uh, a little bit of a Yoda super ego I've had for years mm. of... You should be in the moment. You should be working. You should just be now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And almost getting the permission to stare off into the sunset for my heroes translates into the much more mundane idea of procrastination, mm-hmm. of just not beating yeah. myself up for all the times where I was like, well, I could have really dug in and, and, and pursued this exact thing even harder than I did. Right. But then, you know, well, I if I had done that, I wouldn't have met this cool person or had this great theater opportunity that was really, it didn't make me a movie star, but it Mm -hmm. was really a powerful thing that's made me who I am. And some of that has come from wandering and procrastinating and staring at the sun. Mm -hmm. So it's not an excuse to do it always, but it's a reason to go a little bit easier on myself. Yeah. About not not beat yourself up. Right. Yeah. And and allow, not beat yourself up and and allow yourself to to relax every now and then too. Exactly. We think sometimes it's procrastination, but it's, it's sometimes just relaxing that yeah, you need. Yeah, sometimes just healthy <laughs> yeah. to take a breath and stare at yeah. even a single sunset. It does yeah. seem that, that Luke and Yoda have a lot to teach all three of us. Exactly, yes. exactly. So that was my serious segment. And oh, that's now, serious. Yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> dove right in. What great failures do you have as a human, <laughs> friends? Anyway, fun times. We're going to move on to something real silly. Uh, so we have talked a lot, and we get a lot of great questions from fans about, hey, what Star Wars character would you like to do X with? So I decided, like, I want to do that, but I want to up the ante. Mm-hmm. So this is a segment I'm going to call Build a Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so there are specific tasks mm-hmm. that you can do uh, with a Star Wars friend, but 
Just like uh, kind of that Build-A-Bear, one of those books where you flip the top and the oh, middle yeah. and the bottom, I'm going to give you three characters. Okay. And you tell me how you would combine the traits, physically or emotionally, of those characters into a specific character, okay. into a, a new character. Right. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Sir? It okay. makes, Build-A-Bear makes sense. Yeah. Build-A-Bear, yeah. yeah. So Build-A-Buddy. Uh, so, Ken, I'll start with you. Yeah. So you're looking for a friend to go out for a drink with. Mm -hmm. You are going to build a buddy Mm. out of these three Star Wars characters. Okay. Ponda Baba, Palpatine, and a Porg. (laughs) How would you combine the traits physically (laughs) in their soul of those characters to build the best drinking buddy? The best drinking buddy. (laughs) Okay. Well, and tell me if I'm doing it right. You're talking about characteristics Skills yeah. that they bring to yeah, this, just right? Go, just go for it. Okay. Let's see what happens. Panda Baba, I would take from him his knowledge of where to drink. Oh, yeah. He's oh, been God. around the galaxy running yeah. around with Dr. Evanson. He knows where to drink, right? Absolutely. He was probably one that's like, let's go to Chalman's Kinti <laughs> uh, when they left Jeddah. Um, with Palpatine, I would take his storytelling ability, Ooh, right? One of the best yeah. things is his Darth Plagueis yeah. to wise speech. That's a good drinking session, right? That's what we enjoy. Uh, I have a friend of mine uh, uh, named Owen Mugan, a producer a guy. We love to just go get a drink and we just talk about life, the universe and everything and, and deep, right? It's, and then I think of that when I think of Palpatine. Owen's not as evil as Palpatine, <laughs> but Palpatine's there. And then the last thing from a porg is the unbridled joy. <laughs> that the stowaway porg has. The <laughs> okay. stowaway porg just is all in on the adventure. So if you're, say, doing a pub crawl yeah. and you got Panda Baba type person taking you to the right places, you're going to have some good stories. You, you need to have that friend also is like on board. So if you're like, all right, let's go one more pub, this <laughs> friend's going to be like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and you're gonna go in. You're gonna have a great night of drinking. Oh that porg gosh. really does scream with the quality of like, let's stay out until yeah. four a.m. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> I know a speakeasy. Oh no. All right, oh, no. that that's a great answer. I, I like that yeah. you took it to the the emotional, but just physically, what do you think this person would look like? Physically, what this person would oh. look like? Uh, he would be short. Wearing a robe covering his ugly face. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect drinking buddy. Yeah. I feel like I have had drinks with somebody. Yeah. That's that description. I don't know who or where when. All right, Jennifer, are you ready for yours? Yes. Okay. This is a Star Wars friend to do a podcast with. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, Which is besides Ken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you are going to build a buddy out of Ray, Uh uh Raddus, and a Rancor. Oh, oh, oh my, this has to be one character? Yeah. Okay, um, (laughs) well, Ray, do we want physical or do we want the emotional? I think to start with emotional, like, what do you want out of a a person you're doing a podcast with, and and how can you pull those traits out of these characters? I love Ray's, um, uh, assertiveness and kind of, um, she just doesn't, (sighs) she's very pure, Okay, and she will always speak her mind, even if it's sometimes difficult to hear. Mm. And so like professionally, I think, you know, it's, it's good. She would kind of like, uh, you know, keep me in check or be like, Hey, I don't think that this is working or, but she would also (laughs) be like, um, somebody that I could count on very reliable. So Mm. I appreciate that. She'd be totally professional. Yeah. Radis. Mm. 
Radis would be awesome on social media. I feel, <laughs> I feel like he could create a great community and kind of be right. like the oh, leader, yeah. Oh, yeah, getting yeah. people to like, you know, and, and bringing out the best in people. Yeah. You know, like. Let's he, start writing and reviewing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And he would Let's like. Let's probe these negative reviews. Exactly. And if, and he'd be kind of like the, as they would say, an SJW in some mm. sense. Online, if people were getting out of hand. Right. Like he would take care of it. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, in some sense, like my my pit bull, I like that. Yeah. Um, and then we, who was the third one? Rancor. Oh, the rancor. The rancor is just like <laughs> the chaos and like craziness <laughs> to like get excitement where people be like, oh, I got a lesson this week. What is rancor <laughs> gonna go off about today? Oh, you know rancor. You know? Rancor is like the drive time DJ. You don't know yeah. what you're gonna say. Yeah. Crazy time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that'd be a blast. All right. So physically putting all these <laughs> oh, attributes Lord. into one buddy. Or are you combining Ray, Raditz, and Rancor? Um, uh, kind of a slimy exterior, <laughs> but like ripped, <laughs> like like an oily, like muscle bodybuilder. <laughs> um, but also with a delicate face. Yes. Oh yeah, slimy, ripped body, delicate right. face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great person Great to hair. do podcast with. Yeah. Great hair. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of good selfies <laughs> right. on the uh, social media that oh, the raddest part is handling. Yeah. Those are great answers. That Love is it. the segment we have uh, built some buddies. Oh, Man. my gosh. Love it. Love it. I, I gotta, we got to do this again, and I'll, I'll flip one back your direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I realized I was going to try to do one. It's like, yeah. no, it's not uh, fair. I'm writing them You up. know the inside. Oh, yeah, okay. I got some more. I wrote right. some more, but that's all I'm going to do today. That's yeah. a, a new show. That is great. That is great. Yeah, I think we're also backdoor piloting new shows and segments here for Four Centers. It's great. Jennifer, your time in the spotlight. Oh, God. It's tough to do the serious question, but then we'll end on the fun one. Okay, so this one, actually, one of our listeners uh, brought it up on our Facebook page um, in our messages. Mike Konietzko, he shared Mm. something that he was troubled by, which I've been seeing a lot of people online discussing. Um, So the official Star Wars Facebook page recently wished actress Kelly Marie Tran a happy birthday, and a lot of the comments were really rude and racist and kind of downright childish. So we all know that the internet's going to internet. But as Mike said, you know, it's, it's kind of gotten out of hand, I feel, this past year. So my question is, are Lucasfilm and Disney going to continue moving forward? You know, they're doing a lot to add diversity to the characters, casting actors of color, potentially hiring a female director. But by doing all those things, this vocal minority is going to become you know, crazed. I think they're going to become even angrier than they are now. My question is, is that, is Lucasfilm Disney, are they going to continue pushing forward? They kind of ease up a little bit and maybe not placate that vocal minority, but being like, look, here's something for you guys, because these are hardcore fans, you know, that are, that are money, you know, giving money. Yeah. it's a, I know. It's yeah, a, no, it's no, a, no, no, it's a uh, I, Yeah, can do you want to start? Do you well, want me to I, I think, I think, I go to the Fast and the Furious franchise. Now, it's oh. not my favorite franchise, right? But look what that does, money wise, worldwide. And part of that is because it intentionally, uh, the the cast is very diverse, right? Not just in in how they look, but but backgrounds and how they act and approaches to life. It is in in is it connects with a lot of people because of that. And does good business. And Hollywood is about business. It is about business. So Star Wars is still doing great business. Now, there was a hiccup in China. 
that they pulled it from theaters faster than expected, but that wasn't anything. That just the in the seventies and eighties, the Star Wars movies weren't played. That it just didn't connect. It yeah. just doesn't connect in the same way. Right. So as far no, I think Lucasfilm and particularly Disney are going to continue to double down on it, and and because it's number one, I think people. You know, Ryan Johnson's a case of uh, feel it's the right thing to do because uh, it is the right thing to do, and then I think. I think they're going to find that there's going to be rewards for it. Not that you do it for rewards, but this is where uh, we're recording on an NFL Sunday. The example, if a team wins with a certain playbook, the other teams copy it. And you're seeing other franchises starting to get bigger wins because they're playing with a different playbook. Mm. So there is a... When you're sitting around a room with c- chomping your cigars, going, "What do we do? What do we do?" And that's not to be they're forcing it or play. They're just like, "Oh, this is what we might have done wrong. This is going to work, and it's going to help everyone down the line." That's just, I think, from the business aspect, is what I'm saying. So I think no, Disney's seen their results as mm-hmm. far as the the internet's going to internet. That's a yeah, yeah. I, it will continue to be a dark landscape. This is a, maybe an example of me uh, being overly optimistic, but I think there are probably some numbers uh, to back it up uh, uh, for people who are better at numbers than I am. I, I understand the pain of feeling like there's a lot of just overt, angry racism and sexism in yeah. Star Wars fandom. I don't think it's as much as is as, as being perceived. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that there there has been so much forward movement, and as Ken was just saying, so much success with uh, serving communities who have not had a Wonder Woman to look up to, who mm-hmm. have never gone to a movie like Black Panther, and mm-hmm. the numbers are bearing out that mm-hmm. that's just fine financially. In yeah. fact, that's the playbook. If you're just if you're a cigar jumping cartoon who wants money, 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 yeah, that's the way to go. So there's clearly not a problem with it financially. Mm-hmm. I think the people who are very, very angry and uh, are searching out issues. Mm. So I think plenty of the people that you get saying horrific things about Kelly Marie Tran are not Star Wars fans. Mm. They are people who are spending their time on the internet mm-hmm. uh, fighting for uh, values that I personally do not agree with. Right. Ah. That are, I think they are, uh, I think they're the anti-social justice warriors. Yeah. That's a dangerous thing to say. It, uh, I, I think they're, I, I don't know why I'm is backpedaling it, to be nice to racist and sexist. Screw them. Yeah, no, I think there are people who are actively racist and sexist <laughs> and actively believe that white men are better. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and I think some of those people are just out it doesn't matter. Maybe they didn't see Star Wars. Maybe they attack Fast and Furious that they just have a list of mm-hmm. any time that somebody uh, yeah. something changes and there's pushback on the supremacy of white men. Mm. They go in and it, attack. Is mm. it is the situation this is this is you know takes say there's a a protest that turns into a riot, right? Yeah. Sometimes you will see and I'm not saying this is every case, but sometimes you'll see a third or fourth generation of of the people uh I don't mean like ages, but I mean the 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 second or third fourth nights of the rioters are people yeah. like there's a thing going on. I'm going to go way into. I don't even know what it is. You know. Yeah. I, you know. And that, so I think that. Oh, Star Wars has uh, has uh, needs my attention right now to, to tell everyone how bad how bad this sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're going around, going around, trying to find. It, and that's what I. I'm like you. I'm hopeful. Maybe I'm hopeful that it isn't. All of the Star Wars fan. Granted, there are some Star Wars fans. Yeah. You know, I don't like Star Wars being political. Cool. Tell that to George Lucas <laughs> in 1972 <laughs> when he started right. this idea. So I think. That's us being hopeful that, yes, yeah, some of that is there because it's just people want to watch the world burn and this is a target. Yeah. And next month it's going to be Black Panther and next right. month after it's going to be Wonder Woman 2. And, and, and yeah. yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. 
Yeah. But that Burned them all. Me hope, though, because <laughs> at some point they might just get tired and might just be, or, you know, like might be less than it is now. I um, think so, yeah. And I think it is just a reminder that, like, Star Wars, uh, you know, the, the people uh, who are on the side of light, which mm-hmm. I would describe as not being racist and sexist, yeah. <laughs> need to speak up. And I think or it's seen- not editing out all the females from Last Jedi. Oh yeah. You know? And again, like, that is how much have we broadcast that? How much yeah. have we made that mm-hmm. better to sh- not better how much have we made that bigger by shaming it mm, yeah which i'm right. not saying we shouldn't shame it but i'm just right. saying like amplifying how, it a, a, amplifying yeah. it and i think the vocal minority it is a minority and mm-hmm. we can call it a vocal minority uh we feel differently when we see here's a message from star wars just celebrating an actor's birthday <laughs> and then all the all all or some of the yeah. comments are horrible yeah um those are the people who are actively taking time to speak out. So, like, right. you know, maybe right. it's just a reminder for all of us to say, like, something positive. let's keep saying something positive to show that it's not, that's not the opinion of Star Wars fans. Yeah. Mm, that it's, here, uh, here. we're not, we're not going to, you know, it's not about what is, what, what, what's the quote? Now that we know, it's not about fighting what we hate, it's saving what we love, saving right? What we love. Yeah. There's, there's a little yeah. bit of that to there, too. Like, because we, we made a conscious decision on Jedi Council to not cover the, the quote, fan made edit. Yeah. We just, I don't, we don't want, Harloff is like, I don't want this guy to even have two more clicks because of anything yeah. we're doing. Uh. There's a little bit of ignore your enemies, but sometimes they need to be addressed or fought in the battlefield. Right, right. Um, there's some of that. And I think the original thought, Jennifer, like letting, the Kelly Marie Trans, John Boyega. Remember what he got when his oh, mask came off because he was a quote black stormtrooper. I mean, that was ugliness. Yeah, and and to 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 you know to to be able to just come on in. We're going to give you a big hug because we love we love everything here in Star Wars. I think if that that's a way to approach it too down the line. I don't know. <sighs> it's tough, but there's that's great though. This is great. Yeah, there's I could go off into long, long different conversation about just certain sections of, of, of people who just are untouched by your kind words or your smart words, or your insightful words. They're, they're untouched for because they're just so locked in. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. I yeah. don't know if a hug works or a two by four. I'll figure it out. <laughs> you know. Situation by situation. Yeah. And then just to answer your other question is like, I don't, I don't think Lucasfilm is going to lighten up on the diversity at all. I think they're mm-hmm. full strength ahead on the diversity. Right. This and is I, the new normal. This is the new normal, yeah. And it's it's not <laughs> yeah, it's just reflecting the reality of our world, yeah, right? Right, exactly. It's not like it's special like, oh all right. <laughs> right. I, we'll put in, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess we'll, you know, cater a little bit to, you know, with half the population <laughs> exactly. being women, mm-hmm. I guess. You yeah. Know. Hey, I was watching Empire Strikes Back last night and and, and and I I could now notice when in the past I did not that while Leia is briefing all the rebels, it's, it's all one color around there, right? Yeah. I, I didn't notice that growing up. I didn't because I also grew up in a town where I, I – it's not a joke. We had like one black family. Like that's how, how I grew up where – that's just where it is. So I have seen now – now I notice it. Now I go, oh. So I think that to me that shows it's working, that you're spreading this message of let's reflect the line at the grocery store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, my old boss, my security job, he said, was that our, our security department must reflect the people that we serve. Like that's, that's important stuff. And that's part of the positive change that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll continue. Wow. You guys, I just want to hoist the resistance flag. That was so that was so great to hear. Um, I mean, look, I still like the Imperials, all right? <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, let's move on. So this is the fun question. You are both chefs at a fine dining restaurant in the Star Wars galaxy, and you have been given two cuts of meat to choose from. 
Bantha rump, which is mm. obviously a favorite, <laughs> or Habibor meat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which in your mind tastes better, and how would you serve it, prepare it? Mm. Oh, yeah, that's that's really hard. <laughs> so, yeah. Bantha rump. Yeah. Bantha rump. Habibor meat from mm-hmm. any cut. Any cut. I was going to say Habibor rump, but that's... It's, yeah. That's, that's rump to rump comparison. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we really had to see the Habibor rump just straight down shot. Yeah. And Force Awakens, very unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Bantha rump. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, I want to go Habibor to be, you know, new. But yeah. Because right. Bantha rump's been in the canon for a long time. Yeah, right, right. But, you know, it's it's close to space bacon, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also, I just think... There's something about, uh, this is so dumb, but mm. the Bantha has some fur, uh-huh. and there's something about making it feel like that meat's a little bit more protected from the elements, <laughs> oh. and just having the visual of like, mm. every time I try to serve Hapabore butt, mm. I've seen Hapabore butt, like, <laughs> yeah. straight up, right? and that's shot with Finn, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. I think the Banthas just seem a little bit more well taken care of, mm. like mm. the Hapabores are desperate for water. And uh, the Banthas seem really well taken care of, uh, largely by the uh, Tuscan Raiders. I think they're nice. Right. They've had a nice free range life. Exactly, free range. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I would definitely, uh, let's see, I would probably uh, grill it mm. and put whatever this space version of like some smoked Gouda on the Bantha rump. Ooh. Oh, that's good. That's good. Ooh. Look, um, I. I was going towards Bantha for a lot of the reasons you described. Because I'm like, you know, it's like, a, you know, a poor cow roaming the hillside. What's going into his four stomachs that's going to make him taste better, right? That's right. just, right. Uh, you know, apologies to those who have chosen a vegetarian or vegan lifestyle, all right? <laughs> um, so I was leaning towards Bantha. But you know what? I, I'm going to have to, I'll say, um, I'll say Hapabor. Because you're saying the Hapabor is desperate for water, Joseph. Yeah. I say he owns that water. Oh. I think there was no one else in that village who was like, other than Finn, an outsider, who was taking the Hapabor's water. Okay, fair I enough. And that. I think there's more chances for the Hapabor to get different tastes and seasonings into him Ooh. than whatever crat dragon leftovers <laughs> are being fed to the Bantha and an fair occasional enough. Jawa. Because I'm sure yeah. that happened. They eat ah. womp rats, yeah, I'm sure. And as far as hapabores being served, I, I want some hapabore patties mm. uh, mixed with a sauce, uh, a tangy sauce. We're going to serve hapabore joes, uh, the mm. galaxy version of sloppy joes. Serve them open-faced <laughs> on some of that bread that you can get for 60 portions, Yeah, um, and, and you've got a nice meal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my mouth is watering. I would garnish with some Felucia <laughs> mushrooms. Yes. Oh, that's nice oh. touch. Nice touch. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh, that's great, oh, Jennifer. Delicious. Oh, perfect. Perfect. All right. So for my stuff here, I'm going to do a mini version of Star Wars Ranked, which is the other show we have on there. It's like self-promotion. But no, <laughs> I was thinking about what's important to me. And, and, and we talk about how we celebrate the saga. We do a great job here. But what's what's important to me as I jokingly, half jokingly become a consider uh, myself an elder statesman of the Star Wars fandom. <laughs> right. I, I say that because uh, I talk with some people. I'm like, I don't know if I can be still be, say, 50 talking about Star Wars in a podcast. And, and one person, Scott Mance, I'll say who it was, who, who is approaching that age and is better shaped than all of us, um, <laughs> said, well, why can't you? We haven't got to that point yet. And so I'm like, well, what does that mean going forward? And part of it is passing on Star Wars to the next generation, because that's what I think this new trilogy is for. And I go back to Wizard World two years ago now. Joseph, you and I were there together. Yeah. 
uh, my cousin, uh, Michelle and her two daughters, uh, went to Wizard World for the first time. It was the first convention that these two girls uh, had. Uh, roughly, the me- median age is 10. Um, and they both went and they dressed up as Rey and Kylo. And it was their first convention. <laughs> right. And they were just falling in love with Star Wars. And it, I remember it pulled on my heartstrings and became born. I look at you, Jennifer. Uh, you know, you got a, you're, you're a mother of a young Padawan, we always say here. Yeah. And hey, she may choose to not like Star Wars, and that's <laughs> something you're going to have to live with. But, <laughs> you know, I watch you passing on the love to and a dancing pork. So these are, to me, Five on-screen Star Wars moments for the next generation, and then I want you to get you guys' thoughts on them. We won't take too long, because normally Star Wars ranked is 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> uh, so I came up with this, and they're a little outside the box. Some you might not agree with, and you might have some other ones, too. But my number five, working to one, is Jin gets help. We're going to Rogue mm-hmm. One. Jin Erso, who didn't want to look up, and that's a lot of the themes going on here, didn't want to look up. The probs won't find her if she just keeps her head down. Was forced into this situation, probably because her dad was uh, captured and pulled and pulled her into the story. She probably still would have been, if she got out of prison, she would have chosen to run away at one point. But here she is, and she now believes in this message of hope, and she gives her speech, her impassioned speech to the rebellion, and they kind of turn her down. Radis wouldn't have. Radis didn't. But other people, what is she proposing? They <laughs> turned her down and her her heart was and hope was dashed, but she walks out and finds her new friends. And I love when Baze Mal- Malba says, well, how, how much do we think you need? And he points and behind her is all these people willing to help her. And I love what Cassian says, uh, they need to make good for past mistakes or deeds that have been done in the name of this. And they all know it's dead. Now, I don't want you to sit down your kid and say, you might die if you choose to do things. <laughs> but I love that that is what's going on. And here is Jen who went out on her own on a, on a cliff, on a ledge, took a stand and thought she was alone, now has friends and support. Mm, that's, that's number five. Great. Yeah. Any thoughts there? I love that. Because I think that oftentimes standing up for what is right, you can feel like, oh, nobody's, people are not going to like that. You know, I might disappoint somebody. But in actuality, people respect that. And even if they may not agree with your convictions, they would at least admire the fact that you are taking a stand and that you are going to stay true to your values. That's crucial, especially during the teenage years. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's so much I I like in that. And I think even playing in the Rebel Rising book, what Mm -hmm. what fleshes out... uh, Jin's story is portraying Jin's story as hope is natural mm. to mm. people and it gets snuffed out. Yeah. And like she's always wants to have good things in her life and family and hope and find her father and believe in her father. And she really forces herself mm-hmm. to ignite those things or to uh, snuff them out. So it's not in that, in those great moments you're describing in Rogue One, it's not new it's not this new challenge right it's her letting her be her true self yeah and i think that's a good lesson to take away from it even if it's not as huge as go to war because Mm -hmm. you will be oppressed otherwise but if it is just sort of like should i apply for this job yeah like the world will you know especially depending on who you are will drag you down and say you shouldn't you don't (laughs) you don't deserve that you shouldn't what when, are you proposing? What are you proposing? <laughs> yeah. You should not be assistant manager. Insanity. Yeah. Uh, but I think our natural state is when you're six years old, you'll be like, I'm going to be an astronaut. Right. And then you get to like 28 and like, I can't manage this yeah. FedEx office. Right. And your natural state is to be that damn six-year-old who yeah. says like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. All right. That's number five. Number four, speaking of like your six-year-old self in that <laughs> age group, I really think, and I thought long and hard about this, that my number four is from The Phantom Menace, in which Anakin tells his mom, Mom, you said the biggest problem in the universe is no one helps each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a parent yet. Jen, you are through that uh, looking glass first with us here at this table. Um, I would love to sit down a kid in front of the Phantom Menace and not worry about, oh, the CGI and all the story, but to have a a kid uh, in that age group, five to maybe up to ten, look at this young kid who, what, Jake Lloyd was about seven when he played him, but was supposed to be nine in story, and have him forget who he becomes and forget how clumsy the story, if you're not a prequelist, blah, blah, blah. But in this moment, I'd love a kid to see another kid preach about helping other people. That, to me, would be a valuable lesson. It would be wizard, Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be wizard. Uh, yeah, I think that is something that uh, uh, is a great... Like, I'm not a parent either, but I think it's also, you know, for the kid inside of all of us uh, to l- actively look for opportunities to help people. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes we're just going through our lives and we only think of help as, like, uh, something really active. Of like, right. Yeah, you know, someday if I ever see somebody uh, being attacked on the street, sure, I'll jump in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a hero. But for now, I'm just going to go get my burrito. Right. Um, so actively being aware of times where you can I, – I really try to be better about that and often fail. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes just, like, when I see something's going on with a friend, like, hey, I should send them an email. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just say, like, congrats or that's too bad or mm-hmm. here's a su- – I saw you have a problem. Here's a suggestion if that might help. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There is something really amazing about how children love to mimic and and copy what they see on screen. My daughter is really she loves to reenact things and she will internalize what she's watching. And that's why we only let her watch Sesame Street and Princess Sophia Mm -hmm. at first. So but (laughs) you know, but and Lego Star Wars. But the fact that you seen this young child, you know, saying this, that would make a, make a huge impression on a young person. And it's a, it's a theme that we see throughout the Star Wars saga, but with adults generally or creatures. But having this child say that, there is something, a special connection that I think would really hit home with, with a kid watching it for the first time mm. with no, like you're saying, no, no hangups yep. about Jar Jar, CGI, whatever. Yeah. Just no worried pure. about the Piosa just here in this moment. <laughs> right. I love that. But yeah. number three is oh, do you have no, no. No, I was okay. just going to think about. I had never thought about really in that moment how uh, great it is that Anakin is not doing the pod race because it is so wizard mm-hmm. that he is being selfless, which is the Jedi ideal. Right, right. Like, that's really powerful too. Right, he started out so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, number three is Han comes back. New Hope. That's right. We're all clear, kid. Let's blow this thing and go home here. Look, we saw in The Last Jedi, I, I love the end of the DJ Finn Rose storyline. I love what DJ was there for. Don't don't join. Finn does. He is rebel scum. He identifies. That moment could have been on here. But I think this was done in a clear, concise, somewhat better manner in A New Hope with Han Solo, the smuggler we all love, coming back. And from a certain point of view with the Lando story, drives this home it's so weird that a book 40 years later can put a button on this scene where lando is looking at the news and notices the ship who's flying it the style and other than just that's han that has to be han the question he then asks what happened to han for him to get involved why does he believe in something now and why is he helping uh, I hope that's played out in Solo a little bit, a Star Wars story, but I love that moment. Han coming back, getting involved, joining up, and caring about other people. And I think that's the base level. 
uh, is caring about something and other people, perhaps for the first time since maybe a long time ago, yeah. but maybe for the first time in his life. Yeah. What do you think about that one, Jennifer? I think that's what makes these characters so iconic and why they have been cemented in our in our popular culture is yeah, he's the scoundrel and you know and whatnot and the you know the smuggler that we love, but he has heart and he does want to fight for this cause. And now I want to read from a certain point of view because <laughs> I mean that's, that's the kind of like richness that's like filled in that mm-hmm. I, I would enjoy seeing. But yeah, I mean that's 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 these characters all have depth, even though they are these you know, swashbuckling adventure characters. There's so much more to them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that I rambled about this on my uh, Star Wars counseling episode about getting excited about Solo is I think this is going to be the origin of that, the origin of his, of his soul of like, he is a hero. He does want to help people, but he's going to have bad experiences where he gets hurt and they're going to be crushed out of him. Much like Jin. So it's like, how do, how do I get back to that natural instinct yeah. To be there for the fight and be there for my friends. Mm-hmm. Crushed out of it. You know, uh, that's one of the things I love about Casino Royale, that first day of Daniel yeah. Craig Bond, is it's Bond with attachments. And yeah. Bond learns that those are bad and maybe that's not a good thing, you know, that, that he learns that and it affects affects the, the character. So, yeah. yeah, we'll see what Solo has. Mm. Uh, number two, again, I'm not a parent. I'm definitely not a parent of a young girl, but I love this lesson here, and I have a, a friend that it ties to. Uh, Princess Leia saves herself in A New Hope. Now, she needed help. She needed Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Obi-Wan Kenobi. But when this, the rescue attempt happens, what happens? Leia has to grab a blaster and she says those words. Someone's got to save our skins. Yeah. yeah. And she takes charge. And that to me is a valuable lesson. I have a good friend who has a daughter, I think, in sixth grade now. And she was about third or fourth grade. She got sent home from school a couple times. Uh, now, Paul's a police officer. Paul's a professional wrestler. He's a tough guy. She's been in a wrestling ring already. She got sent home from school from kicking some boys in the groin. <laughs> and of course, they disciplined her. And of course, they did all the right things. But Paul was oddly proud, and he was proud. He was like, good. I want her to take care of herself. I want her to know that if did that. And it turns out what she, what she was doing is she was, she was uh, uh, standing up for other kids Aww. against this boy. Now, wow. I don't condone <laughs> that your kids go kick other people in the groin. But there is this lesson. There's some kind of base level strength. There's different kind of strengths. There's different kind of courage. You can use that word for a lot of different people's situations. But I love this, this princess, our general, it begins here. Yes, she was a damsel in distress. Lucas wrote that. She's a princess literally in distress. But even then, in 77 when this comes out, she grabs a blaster and says, someone's got to save us. And then doesn't let up on Han, you know? You, you came here and that thing. You're braver than I thought. She is, she is strong throughout. And it is, to me, a, a little clip of Leia and Carrie Fisher that carried on and will continue to carry on for a generation. Ugh. You're the parent here, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, I love that. This, the self-rescuing princess, as we now mm-hmm. call her. It's it's so important because we have all these fairy tales where the princesses have to be rescued from the tower and the Prince Charming has to come. And here we have an example of this beautiful princess, regal, strong, smart, who just is going to grab a blaster and <laughs> do it herself. And that that is a unique twist um, and an important one and it kind of set the standard for 
you know, that was kind of newer at the time and it's now changed and and inspired so many other strong female characters like Mm -hmm. that. That's that's where it all began. Yeah. And I mean, obviously there's uh, plenty to look at in A New Hope of all of those dynamics, but I think one of the dynamics that's really cool and really valuable is even when a hero does a big thing Mm -hmm. in your last two uh, uh, ranked examples, Mm -hmm. you're picking apart the moments where there's, it's, it takes all of them Mm -hmm. and Chewie. Like Mm -hmm. Luke is the only one who could make that shot using the force, but he wouldn't have had the opportunity without Han. They maybe never would have succeeded in rescuing Leia if she wasn't better in a crisis Mm -hmm. and was able to just go. So it's this great uh, reminder, I think, to be a hero, but also to always know that you are surrounded by other people who can be heroes too. And like you can trade off like, Hey, I, I, I'm greeting this situation Mm -hmm. and this other situation. I am not that hero. I was two seconds ago. Now I'm an (laughs) idiot. Yeah. And I need my friend right next to me to be the hero. Absolutely. Absolutely. The legacy of Leia. Final one here. Final one. Then I'll get into my fun segment is the final legend of Luke Skywalker. And I thought about breaking this down into something smaller. Um, Talked about Luke, you know, Luke staring off in the horizon in a new hope is, is a powerful message, but it's also out of a kid who's like, nah, shucks. I can't go out there. It's become an iconic, iconic image, but I love so I wanted some Ray stuff, I wanted that, but I love the final legend of Luke Skywalker, what he does. Joseph, you've said it so clearly. This is a victory for someone who was a pacifist, who yeah. didn't kill anyone this, in this scenario. He saved people, which is the theme now with Rose and Finn. And then you got Ray, and there's so much with Ray of her strength and her growing, but now she's the Jedi. She's moving rocks. And everything about <laughs> it all goes into Leia passing the baton to Poe and all those things, but it is Luke sacrificing himself in a great way for the good of others with peace and purpose on his own terms. And it does end with Broom Kid and what mm-hmm. that means. That's why I'm so happy Tamiri Black is there. And that Ryan chose to do it. It is the final legend of Luke Skywalker kind of giving us all of it. It is a lesson to see this is your hero. This is what he chooses to do. Even coming back from failure, what we talked about earlier. And in the end, inspiring more and doing things outside of yourself. And in this case, literally outside of yourself. Literally outside of yourself. To inspire a, a sense of purpose and good in the galaxy and the world. Yeah, that is just beautiful. Yeah. Luke, Boy. man. Yeah. You know what else I, I like in that whole moment that I have been more and more drawn to is Mark Hamill's amazing delivery of just the word no. Mm-hmm. When Kyle is like, did you come here to forgive me and save my soul? No. Mm. <laughs> you know, and it's just a reminder of all, all of the beautiful things that, that you yeah. just described so eloquently of moving forward and teaching all these positives and that... Connecting to what you were saying, uh, Jen, about some of the uh, the lousy people who make lousy comments, like <laughs> some of them, you just say no, no. to yeah. the way Mark Hamill did. Like, we're not here to help you with this. Yeah. If you think that, no. no. <laughs> and the brushing the shoulder, which has become a meme in and yeah. of itself. I mean, just there's so many great moments in that scene. Oh, it was so enjoyable to watch. The final legend, Luke Skywalker. So that's my mini Star Wars ranked. That's great. And now I want to do something here, close out here with uh, me, uh, called Star Wars Connections. It's a yeah. game. We're going to play Ooh. a game. So I have five questions. I, 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 I thought about, do I pit you guys against each, each other? That seems cruel. <laughs> but we're going to do that because oh I'm the gosh. emperor. All right. Okay. Um, so you can uh, buzz in with a, with a droid sound okay. of your choosing, you know, mm-hmm. okay. different different ones. Barn Joseph does that excellent in your, your live game shows. Make a buzzer sound of your choice. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're going to do a callback to that, but use a droid sound. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you four things, and you're going to s- – what is the Star Wars connection? Mm. All right? Mm. Okay. See if you can figure this out. So question number one. 
Tian, Wolf, Kendall, Cassio. Okay, so, so all of these things connect to Star Wars in some way. They connect. What is their Star Wars connection? Okay. Tian, Wolf, Kendall, Cassio. Commander? Um, Close, but I I can't accept it, but it's close enough. I almost would if we were pressed for time. Jennifer, Mm. I'll give you a guess, then I can give you each another guess. Commander? No, that's a good guess. I was going to guess time. Okay. Time? (laughs) Because of Cassio. (laughs) (laughs) I almost said, watch. Wait, that has nothing to do with Star Wars. I know, exactly. Uh, Is it a a rank? No, it's not a rank. Mm. Not a specific rank. It's a, oh, oh, sh- yeah, right. Um, oh, oh uh, are, are these all first names? These are first names of Imperial yes. Officers. Yes, I know, I know. Yes, I okay. just, we will, what's in the visual dictionary, <laughs> right? I just saw that. T and Ger Gerard, Wolf, Yularen, Kendall, Ozzel, Cassio, Tag. Ah. See, I went with, uh, I went with, uh, with Wolf thinking uh, the, the clone trooper. Oh, Wolf, oh. yes. So this is Wolf, Wolf, W-U-L-L-F. Yes, 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 okay. Oh, yes. Good old all right, so I'm going to give, I'm going to give Joseph the point, yeah, but it was close, fine. all right? Yeah, it was almost a split point. All right, yeah, next all right. question, oh, next okay. question. This is terrifying. What is the Star Wars connection? Stan Winston, Pat Prophet, Bruce Valanche, Marty Ballin of Jefferson Starship. Beep, 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 I heard they, Jennifer. They were writers on the Star Wars Holiday Special. I'm, I'm going to give that to you. They were involved they in the Star were, Wars okay. Holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marty Ballin of Justin Star, Justin Star, Starship just appeared into it, but right. everyone else had something to do with the creative process. Yeah. All right. Tied up at one. It was close. Okay. Now I know to beep in early because I, 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 I had that at Pat Prof. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It, by the way, yes. Uh, yes. There's no. I, you don't need to finish the question here. Okay. You, don't okay. lose, you don't lose points. All right. We're tied up at one. What is the connection? MLC3, MTV7, CAP2, CAP2, INT4, MLC3, <laughs> MTV7, Scripshot. Bingo. <laughs> that was just a bingo. No, it, it, just, it just sounds like Ken is calling Star Wars bingo. <laughs> it, does, it does sound like that. Does I don't like have that? an actual answer. Don't have an answer? That was a joke answer. Uh, it's definitely, there. are they vehicles? Your, your, oh, they you know, are. are they like, we'll go back to Scrimshaw on the steel. Are these made up Kenner products? Yes, oh. these are Kenner mini rigs. Yes, yes, these the are, ones that they like. <laughs> hey, we want to make more vehicles, but they don't exist, and they're. Yes, we want to make small weird vehicles. Yes, yeah. the INT four was the mini shuttle Tidarium. That uh, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Both from Empire and Jedi. That's correct. Good pull. All right, so yeah. two one. Scrimshaw can win here. Okay. Uh, but Je- Jennifer can tie here. Fourth question. What is the Star Wars connection? Rick Baker, Major, uh, sorry, sorry, Rick Baker, Marjorie Eaton, a chimpanzee. Woo! <laughs> Scrimshaw by a hair. Uh, people involved in creating Palpatine. Yes, for Empire Strikes Back, the first, we're going to give it to him, the first Palpatine. Rick Baker did the designs. Marjorie Eaton was actually the actress that played him. A chimpanzee eyes were used. Clive Revel voiced the first emperor. Oh, that was a good one. We we have... We have, I'll tell you, we have one more bonus one. I, right. I would say, I, I don't think I'd use it for another one uh, if we, we ever bring this back. Okay. But see, just to see if you can get it since I have it. What is the Star Wars connection? Tyr Tanil, Zet Jukasa, Chi Ikwe Papanoidia, and Baron Papanoidia. <laughs> uh, 
Did I, did I bug I anyone? You both, I'll give it, it, it you we, guys go. Jennifer, I'll give you both the point, though okay. Joseph gets the win. They're, they're well, George Lucas and his family, yeah. right? Yeah. The characters that they play. In yeah. Revenge of the Sith, specifically. Ah, but right, yes, right. that is, yes, the yes. Lucas children, yes. Ah. yes. And Lucas himself. All right, that is the first that ever edition a good one. of Star Wars Connections. Yeah, it took, it took a moment to rewire my brain there <laughs> right. uh, for that one, but yeah. <laughs> All right, that is it. That is it. So that is our special segments on this extra long 100th edition of Force Center. We do have time, though, for audience questions. That is right. Uh, but first, I just want to say that was very well played, Jennifer. Oh, oh thank you. your droid noises are better than mine. <laughs> I give you 800 points for that. Uh, here are the audience questions. As always, we get some from Facebook and Twitter, and then we get some specifically from our patrons on Patreon. Our first question uh, from Facebook, I believe, comes from Jonathan Stubbs. As Ken and Joseph are collectors of Black Series 3 and 3 quarter inch figures respectively. Uh, what specific characters do you want to figure of? And of course, Jennifer, we would love your answers as well of what figures you would want to exist in the world that don't yet mm. exist. Ken, do you have mm. uh, thoughts? I get asked, I, I, I get asked, and I ask this of myself a lot. Um, I, I think... I'd like to go like a book character, like I'd like a Ray Sloan. Ooh, yeah. Or maybe a Lost Stars double pack with the Sienna Ray and Thank Kyrell would be oh, interesting yeah. to me. And then maybe uh, a Mr. Bones. Oh, Mr. Bones would be great because yeah. you could have lots of little accessories yeah. and change out his arms and all that. Exactly. All right. I'm just so obsessed with this current line of Last Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, three and three quarter, which I think is great. Uh, you know, hardcore collectors are, are not sure about them, but I want so much. I want a legendary Luke, as I'm thinking of him, hmm. the uh, illusion Luke on crate. Oh, with the I really want that. There's darker rumors. Beer. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. And there's rumors that he's going to come out in a pack. I also want Holdo because they've done oh, such yes. a great job of the main characters, but they don't have Holdo yet. It sounds like there might not be more right. waves, but I really hope so. Uh, going back to. I joked, and my brother joked as kids, like, I had a battle damage deck swing where you put on mm. stickers to show battle damage. Yep. And it was like, why isn't there a battle damage Luke where he's, like, beat up and you can take his hand off? And then, of course, in the 90s, they made battle damage Luke. Yeah. And uh, I want uh, I want uh, Snoke with separation where he, <laughs> you can cut him in half oh and he, the action figure uh, actually comes apart. Yes. That's awesome. They made a yes. great, great Darth Maul of that where he was magnetic, where he split in half. Mm. They have the the Ned Stark Funko Pop with the head that comes off. The head that comes off. Nice. Yeah. I want separating Snoke. And finally, I want a Caretaker 2 pack. Oh, yes. Yeah. Caretaker 2? Oh, yeah. Fish nun and a fish pirate. Oh, my God. A little drink to set the mood. (laughs) (laughs) You have yours on the party. Yeah. Jennifer, what do you want? Yeah, definitely the Caretaker. But 2 pack makes it even better. I actually want Maz Kanata, which I know already exists. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely want that. Uh, Pork? But then the Porg is going to be, uh, if it was a black series, maybe they could make it a little bit larger than it Ooh, would normally yeah. be. So, yeah. yeah, creatures, obviously. You just want more and more creatures. More creatures. Nice, nice. Okay. Uh, our next question comes from Stephen Kelly. Question about Kylo Ren. What do you think the midi-chlorine count is for each of those sweet packs? <laughs> Smiley face. So what was uh, what was Anakin's 20,000? Over 20,000. I actually think each each pack's about twenty five thousand. Oh, really? I think Kylo's one of the higher higher midichlorian counted people. Wow! I think Ray could be even higher, but yeah. but but Kylo, mm, amazing, yeah. amazing. Are you going to go that that each pack has more midichlorians than Anakin? No, I was going to go like five thousand each. Maybe mm. you throw in the guns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, 2,000 each. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I was going to go around 800, I oh, think. Yeah, because oh. they're, they're pretty wide. 
<laughs> They're wide packs. They're wide packs. You can land a helicopter on those packs. Yeah. I'm jealous of them. Great yeah. question, Stephen. Uh, moving on to questions from Patreon, from our patron Tristan Shields. Tristan asks, if Luke is in episode nine, do you think J.J. will keep it another mystery, or if Luke is in uh, the film or not? Because I'd rather just know if he's coming back or not instead of a big, long J.J. mystery. Mm. Uh, so there's some J.J. opinion in there uh, about mm. some of his mystery box tendencies. Right. Uh, but what, what do we feel about that? I, 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 I want to know, yeah. because it won't be... It's just not going to be as effective if he has a Yoda-like cameo, and I want him in the movie more than that. And yeah. I just, yeah, I, I would, I want other mysteries to be in the movie. I'd want to know. Yeah, yeah, I would like, I would like to know. I, I could even see them, you know, putting him in the trailer or teaser, just yeah. a little mm-hmm. moment, so we get that confirmation. Yeah, I, I kind of want that because I just feel like it'd be so difficult to hide. I, I made yes. a joke before of like, yeah, I, I want to petition, like you know, hashtag let Mark Hamill go to the grocery store. Like yeah. he's, if it's unconfirmed, it's going to be so, uh, so many people trying to figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a plenty, uh, big mystery. Exactly. How much of the movie is he in? What does right. he do? That's enough mystery for me. Right. Our final question comes from Adam Taylor. Uh, what non-human race do you relate to the most in Star Wars universe and why? What attributes do you connect with ripping off limbs like a Wookiee in insight into the human condition, like a chist, which Thrawn is or Borgullet, or maybe it's the gambling <laughs> prowess of Dabusque. Can't wait to hear your answers. May the force be with you. All right. You wow. know what? I'll just I'll go first yeah. on this one to give yeah. you guys a moment to, to yeah. think about this. You know, Adam uh, says non-human. So I, I started looking at uh, Gatalanta people, people from mm. Gatalanta, because oh. uh, they are you know very artistic and expressive. But but mm. uh, Adam is asking non-human. I'm going to go with Borgullet because. Borgullet would be good at podcasts. <laughs> Podcast interviews <laughs> are about getting the truth and the humanity out of your interviewers. So yeah. I feel like that's a, a skill that uh, that I, I think I have and I want to keep uh, perfecting in all the various podcasts I do is just sucking the truth out of people like <laughs> Borgullet. Um, so I, well, I could choose anyone, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. Have to just choose those. Just um, non-human is what non-human. Adam's asking. I mean, you know, it it might be it might be a Sulliston. Oh yeah, you know, I, I have an affinity for for nine numb. I also like my Mon Calamari, but I think there's something about nine numb. Just he's just quietly there. Yeah, he's just always on the side. And sometimes people are like, "Hey, he should be in the spotlight," and then you get him there, and you're like, "Nah, just keep him flying with Lando." <laughs> and I like kind of the 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 the, the I am uh, I'm not flashy. Uh, especially in, in regular life, I'm, I'm a quiet person. If you're out and about with me, I might just sit and have a drink with you and don't talk too much, you know. Um, but I'm going to be there for you. I'll be in the cockpit with you as we take on the Death Star. Yeah, oh, yeah. Great. And we know from Expanded Canon that he likes a little bit of alcohol. Yeah, yeah that works so. too. Perfect. <laughs> I'm so predictable. I, I identify with, uh, relate to an Ewok. Ewoks. I wouldn't want any other yeah. answer. I mean, come on. But I feel because they're often misjudged mm. as just being, you know, these dumb little sweet little, you know, cre- creatures. But in actuality, they're murderous geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> they also <laughs> prioritize family, and they also eat oh, organic, yeah. a lot of fruits and vegetables. Oh, there you go. So they, <laughs> they have a complete lifestyle. Yeah. I like that you, you've added genius to the general murder bears. <laughs> You're going to have to make a new T-shirt of I heart genius bears. <laughs> genius. Uh, <laughs> Those are our questions on our epic 100th episode. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Uh, You know, we could not have been uh, this far along on this journey without you guys out there listening. Our our numbers are are great. Our numbers are growing, and that means a lot. But it's not just that we're gating popularity. It just means I think we we 
feel we're building a, a nice Star Wars community here. We appreciate so much you guys are on the on the journey with us here. And you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We have merch available, including our iHeart Murder Bear shirts. That's on tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Podcasts available several different spots like Podomatic, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart Radio as well. And... Patreon.com slash Force Center. That is where we're really building this community. We've reached some goals. We've working on the audio commentary. We did get that goal. We reached that goal. The vote is still going on Patreon. It's down between Phantom Menace and A New Hope. And then, Joseph, a new theme song for our main show. Yeah, that's right. We as well. just broke uh, that goal uh, just a, a few days ago. And uh, Tony Thaxton, who wrote a new theme music and a great catchy little pop song for the end of Databank Brawl, he is hard at work as we are recording on new music uh, for our main show, the one you're listening to right now, which will be great because, of course, this one, the music we currently have, is generic, and you might suddenly hear it on a soap <laughs> commercial and go, like, why aren't they talking about Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, that is it, guys. Before we go, uh, we want to let you know where you can follow us, Jennifer. Yeah, you can find me on social media at Jennifer Landa. If you like Star Wars fashion, check out my blog, Jenny Landa. That's one N J E N I, Landa.com. And of course, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa. Joseph. You can find me on all this social media. Twitter and Instagram in particular is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can find all sorts of other things on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. I know it's a strange thing to do these days to <laughs> leave social media and go to a website, but there's so much there. There's always info about upcoming shows. I got a bunch coming up. And also, I realize maybe, maybe every once in a while, I should actually mention that I have several comedy albums that you can buy. <laughs> They're all on bandcamp.com. And one of them is, in fact, all about Star Wars and social justice that is called Rebel Scum. I thank Finn for promoting my album in the new movie. You can find out all about that on my uh, website at josephscrimshot.com. That's great stuff there. You can follow me at Ken Napsuck. Don't forget I have the show, The Napsuck Files, and Daily Thrones on Anchor. Guys, that is it for Joseph, Jennifer, all the Ewoks we've come to know and love. We'll see you next time and hopefully the next 100 or more episodes of Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.